Welcome to the Silver Screen Guide Podcast. Join Corbin and Alan, along with guest hosts, as they bring their love for the cinema to discuss films from every genre and decade. Learn about the history of the film, little-known facts, and insightful explorations while they enjoy discussing your favorite film. The curtain is rising and your podcast is starting. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your guide to the silver screen. Welcome back, listeners, to the fifth and, as of right now, final installment in my Matrix movie review series. Today I am reviewing The Animatrix. This is your host, Corbin. So, The Animatrix, yeah, some of you probably have heard of this, some of you may have forgotten all about it, and I'm sure there's quite a few of you that have never even heard of it. The Animatrix actually is technically considered the third Matrix film. It was released Tuesday, June 3rd, 2003 on DVD. Now, The Flight of the Osiris was originally released um, theatrically ahead of Stephen King's Dreamcatcher film. We talked a little bit more about the Animatrix in um, in my review for either Matrix 2 or 3, probably for Matrix 3 is where I talked about that. So check out um, your guide to both of those movies so you can get a bit more information. But just for some context, Matrix Reloaded, the second film, was released May 15th, 2003. Just 19 days later, the Animatrix dropped on DVD. It is an anthology of nine short films across seven directors. The Wachowskis themselves wrote The Final Flight of the Osiris, The Second Renaissance Part 1 and Part 2, and Kids Story. I will talk about my thoughts on all of those here in just a little bit, but it is currently streaming on HBO Max if you want to delve a little further into the Matrix world. I just reviewed last week The Matrix Resurrections, the brand new Highly divisive, apparently, fourth live-action installment in the franchise. So if you haven't already heard my review, go check out my review for the previous four Matrix films. So I wanted to save this one for the end. It's sort of a bonus review for the entire series. This is what gives backstory to the entirety of the Matrix, and it also goes into different avenues unless you just further explore the world. There are timestamps in the description below if you're ready to jump straight into the review. There's also tons of other great things down there, a curated list of reviews I think you might like to listen to after this one, all of our social media pages, the official website, um, everything you need is down below, some great content down there. And no matter where you're at, listeners, make sure to leave us a five-star rating and a short written review, but definitely at least the five-star rating. That is a great way to help out the podcast bump up in the rankings. So would the trailer get me to go rent this at my local Hollywood video or blockbuster? Well, I was a little over eight years old at the time. I was around eight and a half. So this is definitely not made for kids, despite it being animated. Um, It's technically unrated. HBO Max lists it as TV mature adult. It does have nudity in it, does have some language. It's definitely made for adults at the time. I don't think I really gave this a second thought. I thought it was kind of strange. The poster is very good. The poster is always stuck in my mind, but the trailer is really long. I will say it looks exciting. It's kind of tapping into the anime craze at the time, along with the new video game craze with the PlayStation 2 and Xbox going head to head. It really looks to be gearing itself towards, you know, that 16 year old audience and up young adult audience. So 
If I was old enough at the time, I definitely would have went and rented this one to check it out. So I did actually find in my notes that in March 2015 is when I watched the original trilogy. I know that was some speculation throughout the, the podcast series is when did I actually watch this just as vague a few years ago, I, I got it for Christmas. So this leads me to believe I probably got it for Christmas 2014. So listeners, it is almost coming up on seven years since I saw the original trilogy, which is really shocking to me that it's been, you know, the better part of a decade since I've seen the original films. So it was just a few months later, May 2015, that I watched the Animatrix for the first time, and I have not watched it since. I think it was maybe on Netflix or something. I knew I had just seen the original trilogy. I was curious to see what I thought of this. I will save my new recommendation and my old recommendation for the end of the podcast. So just some quick scores for you to tell you what audiences thought of it now and then. This is technically the shortest Matrix movie, if you want to call it that. If you watch it all together, it only lasts 100 minutes. Um, it currently holds a 3.6 on Letterboxd, the second highest in the franchise, 7.4 on IMDb out of 76,000 ratings. It's really pretty decent, making it, you guessed it, the second highest rated in the series, just a bit above the Matrix Reloaded. It does not have a meta score. Um, it has um 89% approval rating for critics on Rotten Tomatoes. So majority of critics that saw it liked the film. Audiences gave it a 78%, which, yep, that's right, second highest audience score and technically the highest critic score of the entire, you know, Matrix Pentology. Um, the first two films do have certified fresh ratings. This one does not. So I'm going to give it to those, but nevertheless, across the board, you can see this is a fairly highly regarded, um, anime anthology film. So I am about to spoil all nine shorts. If you haven't seen them, go check them out on HBO max. You can pick it up digitally. I'm sure it's still available on physical media. That actually might be a little trickier to pick up those. It may not be in print anymore, but I know it is available for digital purchase. So the series begins with the second Renaissance part one, and then immediately goes into part two across the board. Let me say this across all nine short films. The animation is unique to each one, and it is very good. It's very well done. So the Renaissance part one and part two explains how the matrix happened, how humans created robots. They disrespected robots. Robots rose up. They tried to make a peace treaty. The humans said no. So the robots went to have their own little paradise. The humans couldn't allow that. So the humans blacked out the sky to deprive robots of the sun, which was their energy source. So that's why it's always dark in the real world, in the matrix films. And then ultimately the machines AI increased and they just destroyed the humans. So we get to see the robot wars. And um, speaking of robot wars, this takes a lot from Isaac Asimov's robot books. Um, if you've ever seen iRobot with Will Smith, well, that is taken from the Asimov books. So I think the Wachowskis are clearly fans of Asimov's. This is not terribly original whatsoever. It really does pull some of those concepts, um, especially if you've seen iRobot, you know what I'm talking about. And funny enough, iRobot would come out about 12 months later. The Renaissance ones aren't very easy to get into. They're essentially this weird documentary style told by these Hindu style goddesses and in, in these machines. It's really strange. 
Um, it is told through a robotic voice. Um, the instructor is the name of the character. It's interesting. Um, I will say if you want to know the history behind the Matrix, check out both of these two. Now, the next one is called Program. It has gorgeous animation, and it is a unique setting in feudal Japan. That was a big selling point in the trailer. Um, and those who take the red pill go through a test to see if they want to go back to the real world or not. That's what the entirety of the sequence is about. Program animation is just awesome. Very cool in this feudal Japan. World Record is probably my least favorite, maybe, in the entire series. It is all about this runner who I, I love what it has to say about, you know, human will and achievement and just, you know, striving and we, we can't be held down. We can really, you know, go beyond. And this runner, you know, is has such, you know, willpower that he breaks free in from a race into the real world. He breaks out of the matrix. So unique concept. I, I didn't find it very interesting whatsoever. Kid Story is another one you may want to check out because it serves as I would watch it before you watch Matrix 2 because the kid is one of the characters in Matrix 2 and 3. This is his origin story where he finds Neo and Trinity and Morpheus and um, he escapes his school and he actually does something terribly unique by jumping from a building and it seemingly kills his body in the matrix. Um, but he doesn't die in real life. So they hold a funeral for him in the matrix, but in real life, he is able to still have a body and this is his backstory. So the Wachowskis wrote this one. If you want to know where in the world, this kid popped up from the Wachowskis did this and they did it also with the video game as well. There's so much in between going on behind the scenes that if you're really not plugged into the matrix a lot of this stuff really feels out of left field but there is all the story stuff to fill in the gaps um it's a weird story because it's told kind of within the you know vignette of teenage suicide uh it does give some reassurance at the very end but nevertheless uh, the animation's great but it's kind of a strange one the next one is called beyond it is a fun anomaly type thing in the matrix where there's this house this you know haunted house and immediately your mind goes to the grudge but it's actually just this really cool place where the laws of physics don't apply um you get the voices from rugrats spongebob and king of the hill and some other you know fun 90s kids cartoon as well um it's it's also another one i didn't really care for um but the next one a detective story is the is probably my favorite actually of all nine it is a noir detective type guy that narrates the story and he is hired to find trinity it takes place in like the 20s or 30s but it also has some you know blade runner futuristic technology to it um time wise it makes absolutely no sense as far as like canon and continuity but as far as the animation and the story goes i think people might find this one to be the most enjoyable matriculate is weird um at first it starts off really interesting where humans are ultimately trying to open up the mind of machines and get machines on their side something that actually plays a part in the matrix resurrections believe it or not i won't spoil that for you in case you haven't seen that one as of the time of this recording it's just been out for 15 days so it's still fairly fresh um this one kind of explores that it is long 
it is cerebral. Um, it's one of those where it seems like if you're on LSD, it's probably going to be more enjoyable. I don't recommend that though. Um, it, it wasn't as good as I remember it, unfortunately. So I was a disappointed about that, but the big one final flight of the Osiris is a 3d animation that is actually pretty impressive for O3. Um, it's much better than like final fantasy spirits within, which had, I believe it just came out two years before. This is the most matrixy of them all because you have the ships, the ship is the Osiris, the Sentinels, um, fighting, you know, their Kung Fu and the dojo. It, it opens in a really weird way where they're fighting blindfolded and it's getting really kind of sexy as they're, you know, slicing each other's clothes off until the very end. It kind of has this like brutal, shocking ending. But I think this is the one that's the reason why they actually showed it in theaters. I think this is the one that people would probably be the most interested in checking out as Final Flight of the Osiris. So check out Osiris, check out Detective Story. Um, Check out program if you like some great and like anime style stuff. And then if you want to know the history of the Matrix, check out Renaissance part one and part two. Everything else I really think you can probably skip. The Animatrix is an imaginative yet somewhat cliche excursion into the Wachowskis world. It doesn't do much to further the franchise except for provide us the backstory as to how the Matrix came to be. Across its 100 minutes, there are highs and lows, but it's best viewed in its intended bite-sized chunks, instead of all at once. Diehard fans of the franchise will enjoy delving further into the universe, but there's not enough here to satisfy sci-fi fans in general. The Animatrix receives 5 stars out of 10, with a mild not recommend. So back in 2015, I gave it a recommend, calling it an interesting supplement to the Matrix trilogy, but not necessary viewing. So I still somewhat hold by that. It's not necessary viewing, but nevertheless, it depends on how much you enjoy the franchise. Judging by my past reviews and recommendations, for me, it's not that much. So would I pick up or pass on this one? I gotta say I would pass on this. I don't really need to have this in my collection. I've seen it twice now. I really have no reason to really ever watch this again. I mean, maybe just to be a completionist, I would pick this up if I found it just really cheap. So my other recommendations that I think you should check out after this one is Love, Death and Robots on Netflix. Clearly Fincher and his team took a ton of inspiration from this. Also, Star Wars Visions, a new anthology series on Disney Plus is really great. Reminded me a lot of this. Um, Batman Gotham Knight, which is sort of supposed to take place between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. That's another one where it's anime. It's kind of an anthology with different um, visual styles. I own that one on DVD. I really enjoy that one. So check it out. Well, listeners, the question after the show is, what's your favorite short from the Animatrix? You know mine. I'm curious to know yours. So make sure to email me at silverscreenguide95 at gmail.com. The question and my email is down below. I'm curious to read what you say, listeners. Um, if, if any of you are have planned on watching this or if any of you have watched it at all, I'm, I'm curious about that. So let me know if you're curious to even check it out. Or maybe you are a diehard fan. I want to know. So next week is going to be another special. It's going to be my best and my worst from 2021 movies and TV shows. I actually watched probably more TV in 2021 than I have 
in any, any years before. So you're not going to want to miss that one. We're going to talk about the best movies, the movies um, that I missed out on, the movies that I enjoyed, the TV shows as well. So thank you listeners for coming along with me on this Matrix series. I think it's done. I, I don't think we're getting, you know, Matrix 5 with, you know, Keanu and all, everybody back. I don't think it's happening, judging by how nobody really is liking this one, except for me, very, very small in the minority. So if you haven't, go back and check those reviews. All of that is linked down below. Um, all of our Dune reviews, Tron, Terminator, Ghost in the Shell would be a great one to check out after this. All of that is linked below, and I will see you next week, listeners. Hey listeners, it's Corbin. Don't forget to check out the exciting links in the description below that will connect you with more great movie reviews for your listening pleasure and our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter page. And of course, our official website where you can read great articles and sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Also, if you want exclusive bonus content such as extra movie reviews, movie commentaries, and our thoughts on the latest movie news and trailers, plus more, then check out our Patreon page. It's a great way to help keep this show free, and it gives you great content that's yours to keep. All of that and more is found in the description below. Don't forget to subscribe whether you're on YouTube, Apple, Google, or Stitcher, or your favorite podcast service. And while you're at it, please leave us a five-star review so other movie lovers can more easily find our podcast. We love talking about movies, and we love talking about them with you. So don't forget to share with your friends and family, and we'll see you next week, listeners. The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin. Intro and outro music is created by Thomas Rankin. The thoughts and opinions herein expressed are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those held by Silver Screen Guide. Silver Screen Guide is not affiliated with any company or individual involved with the creation of this movie or TV show. No portion of the podcast may be used without express written permission from Silver Screen Guide.